Reclaimed Audio. Upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Hey guys, welcome to Reclaimed Audio. This is episode number 12. With me as always are Tim. You want to say your name there? Tim. <laughs> Bill, your turn. <laughs> Bill. Okay, great. And I am Bill. <laughs> I like it. Tim. All right, Bill, great. Phil. We're shaving minutes off this podcast already. Here we go. Here we go. Burning daylight here. Uh, th- we always want to thank our Patreon supporters, no matter uh, the shape or form that that comes in. But as always, we mention the names of our top guys, and our top guys are Luis Gonzalez, Stu Morrison, and Jimmy DeResta. Gentlemen, what are we working on this week? Bill, what are you working on? I am in the middle of my um, uh, Izzy Swan-inspired build uh, I started posting some pictures on Instagram and the Twitter thing, and some on the Facebooks, and it's it's fun. It's um it's coming along pretty neat. It's gonna it's I guess I can spill the beans a little bit. It's actually a a piece of furniture that will sit in front of my front window that the cats can actually sit on and look out, and then it's got a cubby hole in it for them to play around in, and they can hide from the dog and glass top, metal frame, old wood toolbox it's actually it's coming out really cool yeah that sounds great uh, the one thing is is that you've um, lost your ability to make fun of me about the Rubo bench because this might be week 17 that we've heard about the Izzy inspired video <laughs> but see see my plan was is that if I didn't actually say the Rubo bench I would get you to say it <laughs> so it's all good oh powerful mystic <laughs> Tim, what are you working on? Oh, I've been uh, secretly at night. I've been driving up to your house, Phil, and working on your bench. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, that would be wonderful. No, I haven't. I'm. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but um, what um, I'm working on the the, the large uh, thing still. That I've been working on. It's going to start being one of those types of recurring uh, instances of these these metal cacti I'm making. Did I ever tell you I was making cacti? I didn't say that much. Well, nope. I'm making I'm making cacti. I'm making <laughs> cactuses, um, and so I've been working on those. And you know, you'll see them all later as they come down. And um, and I also today I just threw together this really fun little lamp that's going to be a, a video. It's um, a little fun thing I did that will be coming out within the coming weeks. And it's kind of I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. And instead of working on stuff I should have been doing, I did this. It's it's important to do the fun mm-hmm. projects. It keeps you motivated. Yeah, the tinkering, you know. Yeah, for sure. Can, can we uh, just say the word cacti again? <laughs> cacti. Okay, great. <laughs> it's a fun word. I'm not really working on the bench, actually. I've had to put it aside because I'm leaving on a trip in a few days. Um, for anyone who doesn't really get how this is going, we're pre-recording some episodes. So this episode is actually being recorded on the 11th, but will air on the 20th. So the last couple of episodes have just been us banging out a few episodes, so the progress on what I've been working on isn't uh, isn't huge, and what I've really been working on are you know these Etsy orders. And if anyone's following me on uh, on Instagram at Phil Pinsky, you can see sort of the progress that I have there. And I've just been working on building four whiskey boxes. Three are for orders. One is a is a spare on the off chance that I get another order. That way, as soon as I get home, I can just customize it and, and then ship it out, so no one has to wait. So that's what I've been working out. I also was able to get out another step stool for a for a local order. So I've been really 
just in the garage cranking it out. I haven't had a chance to edit video or to make video, and you know, I I have to be honest, getting out of out of the schedule of once a week videos has been incredibly difficult as far as getting back in it. I find that even when I sit down at the computer and I'm ready to edit, I have like so little patience to do it and I'm I don't know how to get myself back into the headspace where I'm excited to edit video again. So maybe I'm looking for a little bit of inspiration. But uh, nice segue. Thanks. I was going to say that, you know, uh, what it might be is to do a small, unique build that will just inspire you. Like, you know, if you do something that's a quick build that you can edit quick just to get yourself back into the game, um, and that way it'll be like, instead of, like, taking on this Mondo project that you've been working oh, back to this Mondo project, do something fun and uh, and get yourself to throw a video up there and get yourself back into that rhythm. That's probably the best uh, advice I could have gotten. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm going to give that a, a tackle. But uh, as as we joked, that was a segue into this this week's topic, and we and this one is a great one. This one's Bill's suggestion that we talk about inspiration in whatever form that that uh, that takes. You know, whether it's inspired to make projects, inspired to you know do whatever it is that you want to do in the shop. So um, I'm going to let Bill really take over on that one and, and sort of expound on what it is that you saw as as inspiration as being a topic to dedicate. Uh, you know, say an hour or two. Let's just start off with being in this podcast. I mean, I think all three of us were probably inspired by other people out there doing a podcast and the uh, the ability that maybe we have something to put out there as well, being inspired to share what we know and try and just grow this community. There's uh, Inspiration is so amazing. For me personally, it is, like we're talking about upcycling, I'm inspired by... Uh, the impact that I have when I upcycle. I mean, if you think about, for me, when I, you know, years ago I didn't care about recycling and what what I what kind of footprint I was leaving on the planet, but now I get I get inspired because it feels good to be able to make a difference. And just little old me making it making a difference. You know, I get inspired to build things based upon other people building things and what they can make and and things that I haven't learned yet that I would like to delve into. I get inspired by having my birthday tomorrow, but we're pre-recording this, so by the time this comes out, it will have already been my birthday. And then it's, can we go back to the other one and say happy birthday to me? <laughs> so when it actually comes out, it's, I'm so confused. Tim, Tim, what inspires you? Your birthday inspires me, Bill. Uh, Every year. <laughs> I didn't know it was your birthday, but happy birthday last week and a half ago or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Eight days ago. Eight days ago. Happy birthday. Oh, man. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> um, well, you know, inspiration is a funny word because uh, in my previous careers as a musician, I mean, obviously you would get inspired uh, by other music. And, you know, inspirations cross-pollinates from different artistic fields and whatnot too, like music will inspire building and building will inspire music. Um, but uh, like in the music world, if you were to say, hear a song, really like it and be inspired by it, and then write another song and call it like, you know, like this is the the Bill Lutz inspired song, it's called like plagiarism, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and people get like, like kind of like PO'd about it. But um, it's really kind of neat in the maker world how like, I mean, Bill, you do it all the time where you make these videos that are, 
you're like, you know what, Tim made this, and I, I was inspired, and this is what I made based on my inspiration by Tim, and it's not any, there's not even any stretch of the imagination that anyone would consider that as a negative thing in the making world. But then in the painting world, if you like a Degas and you paint something that looks like a Degas, people are like, oh, he's just ripping off Degas, you know? So I think it's kind of interesting that this, this, um, this world is, is different. Yeah, it's it's very different, and it's almost like an open source or like a Creative Commons license, yeah. where we can all we are all allowed to be. And you're you're right in the art world, anything that is remotely similar is referred to as derivative, and you know, it's, it's just sort of brushed aside as as unoriginal. I I'm, I touch on the the art world quite a bit because, um, for my job, you know, we have ten artists on site, uh, so it's always a conversation that we have in the office about you know inspiration versus flat-out copying versus all kinds of things, what happens in the industry. So I'm privy to some of that stuff, and it's, it's very interesting to see the complete opposite in the maker community where we are allowed, um, we are inspired by, we are you know, pushed to, to try new things like, hey, I tried this, now you try this. Let's see you know, how you do what I did. and you know, it's, it's really an amazing, very unique situation, I think. And... Um, it's a lot of fun to have the freedom to be inspired by others and not have to worry about, you know, my floating shelves are very similar to their floating shelves and, you know, it doesn't matter. Just everybody getting out there and doing their thing is what everyone's really excited about seeing because, you know, even if I do something that's almost identical to what you did, Tim, maybe my methodology is a little different. Maybe there's a tiny little tip in the video that, that you know, is inspirational or is you know, something that someone else can glean from and, and learn from. So it's it's really about learning, I think, which is different. It's, it's interesting you guys brought that up because I, I never would have thought of that. I mean, my last four or five videos have all been my inspired by it. And uh, it never even occurred to me that somewhere else in the world, if, if you were to pay somebody homage in that respect, it, it might be a negative thing. So that's that's interesting. I didn't know that because I've gotten nothing but positives uh, feedback from you know my last videos, you know the, the Dressed inspired, and then Steve Ramsey inspired, and then Tim, and then Pachuto, and I got one coming up from from Izzy. So that's it's it's interesting that 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 does go on. What's well, a unique situation where I think the the difference is monetization. So in the art world, if you paint a painting and you sell it, you're essentially claiming it as an original. So someone would have an issue with it if it's a if it's in a technology sector and you know you're you're selling something that's intellectual property of another company, then you're getting into trouble where you've stolen someone else's research. In the maker community, we're not really making money off of these videos, and if we are, it's a trivial amount. And at the end of the day, it, it lands up being more publicity for whoever the, the the topic of the inspired video is. So for us, it's it's a very unique situation where it's almost good for us to have more people inspired by us and doing those kinds of homage videos uh, similar to you know Jamie Page when he did the reclaimed audio thing and then he tweeted about it so really it was good for us it wasn't like there was any kind of you know stepping on toes so it's an amazing unique situation that we we are able to be a part of and to take advantage of yeah and then I went and I even did a, a Jamie Page inspired video based on his <laughs> video that was inspired by us and and made my own one of those uh, uh, passive iPhone speakers um, yeah, it is. It is a, a neat word. Like, and I just—I uh, know we're pre-recording this, so it's probably already out. But I just started uh, uploading today a um, a Deresta-inspired multi-tool that I've been working on, um, and that was the same kind of a thing. 
like as I'm as I'm, and that's actually what I called in the title. It was like the duress inspired, and and so it was somewhat topical that we have this conversation today. I didn't even realize until now that I'm doing that as we speak, and um and it was because I I you know I like everybody else in the world that ever made anything has owned multi tools in the past, and I've never been happy with them. They've never done what I needed. I never had a good one either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mr. Duresta starts hacking these things up and welding knives onto them and putting bell clips and doing all this stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, I could totally just make my own multi-tool. It never even, like, dawned on me that I could do that. And so he inspired me to do it, and I did it. Now maybe someone will see it and be like, oh, that's pretty cool, but you know what? That doesn't work for me because I don't need that. I need this instead. And so they could do something like mine but then change it to them. So it's almost like the, I was called, like, the hive mind. It's not about, like, I'm not, I'm not copying someone. I'm adapting someone to fit me or you know or someone's inspiration to fit me in the way I work and then someone else will do that and I feel like that because of so much of this knowledge is getting compiled and, and digested so quickly like quicker than ever in history uh, the the end result and the, the products that are going to start being made and the in the way they're going to be starting to made we're going to see this sort of like Moore's law growth in in the technology of making and, and stuff I'm hoping you know mm. It's like the early days of um, of science, you know, like in the in the 1800s. You know, someone would would work on something, and then the next person would sort of pick up on that research and carry it forward a little. It's like a relay race where you pick up the baton of the previous person and take it to the next step so you can hand it off. Like right now, I think we're in a very uh, I don't know close-minded approach to innovation, whereas in the maker community, like what we're a part of, it's very very open to all of these. Ideas being shared, re- reforged, recast into something different, which is almost like the open source, you know, software community because it's uh, it's very, very different. You know, the the early days of science were, you know, just pushing the bounds as far as you could take them, as fast as you can take them, and then and then allowing the next, you know, the next group to sort of push it forward. So in Germany, in England, in France, wherever it was. You know, it was just advancement that was the end goal. Obviously, credit where credit was due, but no one was suing. There was no one being litigious over innovation. Whereas now we're in that that space where it's so highly monetized that you, that you have to hold on to it with the courts. And anyways, don't get me started on that stuff. But all yeah. to say that I, I think it's an amazing situation that the three of us are in, and that you know the thousands or hundreds of thousands of makers who exist are in. It's an amazing age to be a maker. The communication and the and the openness. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so we obviously there are there are people in our community that inspire us, and I like to think that maybe we've inspired a few others as well. But what are some of the other things that that inspire you besides a person? And you know, Tim was saying something about you know how music can inspire building and making, and making can inspire music. What what are some of the other things that that you guys might find inspiration from? Um, for me, it's always been necessity. Mm. Necessity always inspires me. Like if I need something, then I'll figure out a way to do it or to look up how to do it. Uh, you know, I always refer back to this cheesy, corny story of you know, you know, my kid needing to get into his bed, and then noticing that I had some scrap plywood, so I made a step stool, and that that really started and launched this whole thing that I'm doing. So you know, that was my inspired moment strictly because I thought it was necessary. And I think we all have that. You know, we all have something that's broken in the house that we, you know, that we fix, and but we're inspired to do it in a really clever way that we, every time, I think we talked about this last time, that every time you pass by this drawer that you fix, you're like, 
oh yeah, I did that with this, and I only had this tool to deal with, and you know, I made a discombobulator out of it, and now it per works perfectly. You know, so it's for me, it's always been necessity. Hmm. I, I've always sought to, you know, as a musician, as an artist in general, because I do come from, even though I don't really have any education of any kind, I come from an artist background. I've always identified myself as an artist and not a, anything else, really, um, and because I just want to create things. And so, you know, I, I'm always, like, in whatever medium I'm working in, I'm always trying to do something that hasn't been done. Uh, that's always been my goal, and I don't know if it's even achievable. You know what I mean? There's been so many billions of people that have done all these awesome things. For me to think that I can actually make a contribution that's completely original to human history is is asinine, frankly. But that's my goal. That's my inspiration is uh, to to make that one thing, um, and that's what's going to keep me going probably till the day I die because it's not really achievable, you know. Um, and that's what's so neat about the you know the form like we're in now and how you can get all that information and and see, and it helps you grow and develop. And like I said, that Moore's Law thing, I really feel like the, the more I watch and see what other people are doing, the, the better ideas I get, because now I know that's been done, and I know I can, like, I have ideas on how to go forward from there. Um, and maybe I'll, you know, find that that plateau, you know. You think this movement is heading towards an exponential growth? Like, you're referring to Moore's Law, so that's really an exponential curve. You don't yeah, see this I, as a gradual sort of evolution? You see this as, like, a really rapid ascent? I, I think it could be rapid um, because I see like when I when I got on YouTube and I and uh, I started making videos about three and a half years ago I kind of figured that I was too late and I was like jumping on this bandwagon um, and and but maybe I, f I feel like that a lot about things though like uh, I always feel like you know because I was like I'm not the first person who did it because I'm the guy that's looking for that you know, that thing. So, like, like, when I started playing the double bass in rock bands, like, I would go out to clubs and I'd be the only guy with the double bass, you know. But then it would be like, you, you click on the radio and you hear it and you're like, oh, there's other guys. And like, oh, what about that band? You start seeing all those other guys that did it before. You're like, oh, crap, I'm not the first guy to play the double bass in a rock band. Of course I'm not. Elvis's bass player was playing the double bass, you know. But, um, but so then it's like, but then that movement came back. And so I was actually kind of on the beginning of that, that were more and more rock bands had double basses, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, so I was like, I was on the, the more the beginning. So anyways, <laughs> to talk about what we're talking about, um, I felt like when I started making videos that, you know, and I saw that there was all this stuff going on, I thought I was, I was like, oh, it's not just Jimmy Duressa and this Frank Howarth guy. There's all these other guys too. I was like, oh, I guess that thing's already kind of happened. But it hasn't. It's, I think it's just starting now. It is just now starting. I mean, we've got our, we've got our founding um, amazing maker gods that, that did kind of sprout up, and they're they're in a way they're paving the way. They're oh, going absolutely. through they're going through a lot of um, challenges that that they had to face that we probably won't because the technology has gotten better. Um, you know, sponsorship. I mean, all these things that they're they're kind of paving the way. But it's it's absolutely. I think I think it's just beginning. We we have no idea what this is going to do. I I think it's a it's a worldwide happening so to speak and it is I mean we've got you know just just in our group we've got how many people from all over the world all over the world so uh, yeah I, I, I agree with you it's it's we're not on the tail of it we're we're right in the beginning it's pretty awesome and, and then talking about different inspiration you know I was thinking the other day um, in San Francisco in one of the parks and I realized how often nature itself actually inspires me the different shapes the different um, 
looking at the way a tree grows or the way certain indigenous plants uh, pop up around certain other thing. I mean, those kinds of things like that inspire me as well. I mean, just the peace and quiet of nature, you know, in, in an organic, I guess. Is that organic? I guess trees are organic, right, Tim? <laughs> I think technically they <laughs> just barely make that. Okay. They're non-GMO, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I, I, I don't like the non-organic trees. Those <laughs> all the ones, made, the ones made of steel that hold up the light, the light wires. <laughs> yeah, those trees suck. The ones you oh, build yeah, the I chainsaw mean, to. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Being out in nature or, or getting uh, out away from the hustle and bustle of, you know, like I live in the East Bay area of uh, the San Francisco, greater San Francisco Bay area, and um, getting out and away, talk about inspiration. I mean, just just being able to, to un unclog your mind a little bit and allow yourself to catch up on maybe some ideas that you had that you can just sit back and relax. Anyway, I, I, was, I was getting a little uh, emotional there. I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> you know, I used to I used to every once in a while I watch this um, the video series by Dick Prenicky, and I think Jimmy's mentioned it a b bunch of times. But I, I've been watching this uh, th those videos for years and years, and this guy is so inspirational, and it's always this romantic sort of idea that or escape that I go to whenever I, I don't know, whenever I watch this thing. Like, yeah, one day, you know, when everyone's left the house, and I'm gonna go live in Alaska, and I'm gonna make everything myself, and I'm gonna live in a log cabin, and it's gonna be all cozy and nice and whatever. And I guess my brother will come visit me on a seaplane. Anyway, the point is, this guy did everything by bringing like the ends of tools with him, created his own handles and holders and all this stuff. I don't know where I was going with that, but the point is I find him inspirational simply because of the self-reliance that he exhibited in this video series. And, and not only was he the, the star of these videos, he actually did the, the filming and the editing too. And he did that in like, what is it, the 60s. This guy was amazing. So whenever I think like, oh, I can't handle my workload, you look at something this guy did, and it's like, wow. Well, you know, it's, it's, it, you just saying that just reminded me of I've never had an urge to paint. I've never never once have I thought I'm going to get an easel and try and make something on a piece of canvas. But I used to watch Bob Ross religiously. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most inspiring things. I mean, again, with no intention of ever wanting to paint, that just an inspiring – I just wanted to be – the Zen guy that he was. This guy was just so happy with the entire universe, and it, it, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of weird, I guess. But did you hear the rumor that he was ex special forces? Yeah, I heard that about Mister Rogers too, though. So uh, I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't know. Bob Ross makes sense, man. That guy's seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> These are the trees that we mowed down in Nam. <laughs> <laughs> This is Charlie hiding behind this bush. <laughs> oh, a happy there's, little accident. There's a, yeah, there's some happy little napalm right over there. <laughs> a little burnt sienna napalm. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> this poor guy probably has never seen a day more in his life. He's, he was like a sweetheart. You know, he never, ever made um, a penny off of any of those videos. He made his know. money by selling the art supplies. Yeah, Interesting. yeah, I forgot what he donated it to or what what that money went to, but yeah, the, the actual show itself, he didn't he didn't collect a dime off of it. Hmm. No, which is cool. Very inspiring. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to to be in a position to do that, to where we're we're self sufficient, and this other source of income can just go to something that you want to help? That, that's I, cool. I would, 
I'd love to get to that point of philanthropy. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's something that you know we all can do in, in small ways. But you know, guys like uh, like Bill Gates and you know even uh, Zuckerberg, like these guys are giving. They're turning philanthropy into a, a full-time enterprise. It's yeah, it's incredible to see like this new thing. Like I've never seen. I don't think the world has seen billionaires doing this kind of thing before. Because they're a new breed of billionaires. They're not old billionaires. They're old money billionaires. It's like this new money billionaire. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's also, you know, to be the cynic that I am, they're also, the money that they're giving away is uh, defers any taxes they'd have to pay on any money that they're going to keep. So it's kind of like a wash at the end of the day. So oh, sure. When you talk about that kind of money, but they they realize that they don't need that, you know. No. So it can no do but they'll it. never pay taxes again in their life after this this one-time yeah. donation. You know, no, I have a, maybe maybe the best thing that comes out of stuff like that, though, about these these very few individuals that can do a lot with a lot of money, is maybe that can getting back to inspired. Maybe that can inspire a lot of regular folk to do just a little bit, and that in and of itself is is a good thing. That you is know, worthy, one hundred percent. I have this, this I have this crazy idea of with my business because it is just me, you know, and it's it's very small and it's you know barely you know making ends meet or whatever. But my if if it were to continue to to grow as it has been and get to that point, my goal is to make it a five hundred one c three, a nonprofit organization. So uh, I would basically I would I would cap a salary for me, and obviously business expenses would come out of it. anything that's left over would go to a charity. Uh, and I don't know whether it'd be a charity I would start myself or something like that, but uh, I I firmly believe in that and salary caps and <laughs> all that stuff. You know, I would just cap my own salary. You know, what is that number? The the guy, the the CEO, the seventy five thousand dollars a year guy. You know, whatever that. Oh yeah. Right now. Yeah. He pays everyone in his company seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah. And I think pr since he did that, profit went up by like four hundred percent. Something like that. Yeah. And it's and I'm not doing it to make my profit go up or anything like that because I don't. No, but just I to just, say. All I want to do is I, I want to make a living, and if I if I was ever successful enough as an artist, like would you know knock on wood, I'm knocking on my head. You know, if I were ever successful enough as an artist to have that problem, I would just cap my salary at a living wage. And you know, that, people look at me like I have six heads when I say it, but um, uh, people that know me know that I'm pretty serious about that. <laughs> no, I believe you 100. percent One of the people that inspires me every single day is Casey, and. One of her dreams, a part of what her business model is, is that she wants to have a nonprofit side of that to be able to uh, just give back to the community and go out and, and, and uh, to like battered women's shelters and things like that and provide services there and get this revolution going. It's, there's a few of them doing it now, but to just try and get this thing where. Um, people in the uh, hair industry get together and do that because there's so much that you gain from the way you look and <clears throat> getting out getting away from an abusive situation then having looking good and being able to go find a job or looking good and be able to feel good about yourself I mean it's, it's kind of weird how it goes but uh, I totally feel that yeah mm. and she um, yeah so that's been a dream of hers for a long long time is to where we can be in a position to where she can do that start a small nonprofit. And, uh, yeah, just go out there and, and inspire others to do the same thing. Mm. Well, if she ever does that and has a website where we can raise some awareness, we certainly will, at least on this show. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. I love that. I was going to say, I mean, just thinking about that, how, how many, uh, your wives, your kids, 
uh, inspire you on a daily basis. You know, I, I, my pets inspire me. I mean, when, when we're all snuggling on the couch together and I got a 90-pound Rottweiler and a 7-pound cat and everybody's just purring and happy and, you know, that, that's inspirational about how to get along in the world better. I know we're, we should probably try and bring this back to uh, upcycling and making stuff, but uh, inspiration takes many, many forms. Hmm. Hmm. You know, my, um, my shop... It kind of like, you know, I don't have pets, but uh, one of the things I love about my shop is even though it's, you know, it has some some downsides to it, but it's the fact that when I pull in, it's like you have to go up this hill and then down this hill and you go down behind. And it's sort of in a, you know, a heavily um, populated area, like sort of third-class city, not a great city. Um, but there's just this little oasis where my shop is. And, and I, 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 I swear I smile almost every time I pull down there because it's like you go down and all of a sudden there's just this, this little piece of heaven and it's like talking about the quiet and uh, even though you know it's like I, I feel like I go in there and, I, and I'm, I'm in Oz and I just I, I, I crossed over I do my thing and then I go out back into the world again well and you've got you do have pets you've got all your chickens and turkeys not mine they're, they're just my those, neighbors those are loners <laughs> yeah they're no they're not mine uh, I should make that clear that every time I'm in there messing around with those birds they're not mine they're my um, my the the, the Caretaker of the properties, uh, he owns them, and um, he has. Yeah, the, but I mean, but they are yours. They're yours to. They're my buddies, they're not my pets. Inspired by right. <laughs> well, I, you know, when I say the word pet, and that's a, that in my house, that's we we actually don't use that word. Yeah, um, the friends. They're our friends, or our family, our companion. Yeah. Our companion, so yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Thank goodness the doors closed. Case you didn't hear me. <laughs> So I, you know, I don't, I don't go over hills or valleys to get to my, to get to my shop. But I definitely feel that when I'm in there, you know, I'm the rule maker. I'm the, you know, I'm the alpha and the omega. So I'm certainly inspired because I know that whatever I want to do is is within the realm of possibility. I don't have to, you know, say, honey, can I? Or you know, do you think that it would make sense this week? Or you know, like you don't have to ask anyone anything. You know, whatever you want to create, you can, which is. Probably a pretty unique situation in most of our lives. You know, I I don't want to speak for everyone, but I would say most of us probably are not owners of our own businesses. You know, we we work for somebody else, or you know, even if we do work for ourselves, there are still constraints. But in the shop, you know, when you're on your time and you're creating, you know, you are the boss, and and to be that free with what you can make is inspirational. You know, you you've got a blank canvas every time you go in there. You're like, okay. What are we doing? How am I doing this? You know, and and that that freedom, constrained by time and materials, you know, I think bears the fruit of inspiration and creativity, which is something that I love doing. So just walking the ten minutes, even if I'm making a knickknack, it's the most amazing feeling. That is inspirational. Yeah, because uh, somebody was saying the other day that you know, being a maker, woodworker, metalworker, whatever, just getting out in the shop, for the most part, is solitary. It's it's usually just you, and you're out there, and the world kind of goes away for a minute. So you're right; it's very inspirational when I know that I've got X amount of time that I can go spend. I'm at work all day, and I'm thinking, okay, I know it's going to get dark, but I got this. I can actually do inside the garage, and it's inspiring because I'm all day long. I'm in a good mood because I know I, I you know, I've got this little bit of uh, my my shop time that I can get home to and and uh, do my creative thing. For sure, yeah, it's amazing. I wanted to talk real quick about maybe 
the I don't know the opposite of inspiration or letting inspiration. I don't know how I want to phrase it, but basically, so here's an example, and you know we can come up with a with what we want to call it afterwards. But maybe it is this makerspace almost touching upon the fear of acting like a different industry. So I uh, I took a picture on my Instagram of like these these four boxes that I was making, and I stacked them up, you know, opposite. So one horizontal, one vertical, one horizontal. Anyways, so and then I get I get a bunch of likes or whatever, and then <laughs> Jimmy posts on there. He goes, I can't remember what he exactly wrote, but it was something along the lines of, uh, I didn't see this before I posted mine, I swear. So I was like, I don't know what the hell he was talking about. So I checked out his feed, and I see that he had made like 20 boxes, and he stacked them similarly. So I wrote back to him, I said, it's okay, Jimmy. I didn't invent boxes or stacking. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's this thing where I don't want ever for this kind of fear of making things because we're going to step on somebody else's toes. Like, I love this environment of making, and if it's similar to or the same as someone else, it's still unique, and 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 everyone's still cool with that. Nobody is like, hey, you copied me, you know, like the litigious nature of the IT sector or, you know, whatever it is. It is. So I, I want to make sure, and I don't know how to do that beyond talking about it and raising the awareness, it's okay. I want to tell everyone it's okay. If you see something that you like, as long as you you know there's proper credit, or you know, even if it's not even necessary to give credit. In the case of stacking boxes, no one needs to give me any credit. Like I said, I didn't <laughs> I didn't invent either one of those two concepts. So, but I, I want to make sure that everyone understands that it's okay to be inspired by, and it's okay to to make you know something that you've seen. Was well, another example of of these bigger maker guys um, you know setting the bar for things like that because Jimmy's talked about that before where I think him and uh, Pachuto both came out with a uh, shop stool video or mm. something kind of about the same time and it's like it happens so when you've got a guy like Duressa that's the first one to say hey man you know I'm sorry blah 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 I mean just being cool about it that sets the example. That's inspiring in and of itself. It's just like that's, that's what we all need to be. Mm. You know if, if Jimmy Duressa can can uh talk about, you know, saying that we are all going to, at one point or another, make something similar to somebody else, maybe unintentional. Um, it doesn't mean anything. To me, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, uh, who cares? Because, Phil, if you try and make a, a bicycle stump lamp thing, <laughs> odds, odds are that you can't find the exact same stump, so it's going to be different. You know what I mean? It, just, it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, well, I mean, there, there's a place in some of this maker world where, like, um, someone might have something that's sort of proprietary. I mean, obviously, a box is a box, and nobody invented it. Well, someone invented it, but it was a long time ago, you know. <laughs> but um, and we don't know who he was, you know. Get credit with that guy's getting royalties off your box. <laughs> but you know, if if it's something proprietary, like um, like Bill, for instance, you made Vance that that clock. You took the bicycle spoke and you put the clock in it and, and the V and stuff. Um, and, you know, your color choices, like. If I were to go and, and, and have my, my factory in China start making those and selling them at some box store, that would be a little bit insulting. You know what I mean? But I don't think that that's really happening with what we're doing. Um, no. You know, no. I mean, or, like, or like Joel Crawford, he makes these, like, he has that really cool um, knife holder. The Spartan. Yeah. With the, the, it looks like a guy holding a shield. Like if I were to start, like, you know, buy a CNC machine and start making those and selling them, then that would be somewhat 
like insulting, you know, or, or but but if I were to say, hey, that's really cool, and make myself a knife holder that looks similar, and, and use that idea, then it's a tribute, you know. And that's the thing again with this maker community is that mm-hmm. um, we just I haven't seen that. I, I just haven't. Maybe it exists, yeah. but I haven't seen it. Well, you know, you I know, made those guitar the guitar uh, stands that I did. Now, right. I was like the the idea with that too, and this actually ties in great in terms of the video I'm going to mention for who I'm watching. Um, but yeah, I made those guitar stands, and it was just like this experiment for to to amuse myself. Like, well, how can I make? And I open sourced it sort of. I made the videos. I asked people to comment, and I went through three versions of them, and I came with the final version. I have the plans are available for free on my website, uh, timsway.net. If you want to go download them and make your own, uh, I did ask for donations, and I think two people donated. I don't know how many were downloaded, but I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, awesome, you know, and um. The, uh, you know, so that, that whole process is out there. I was like saying, go ahead. This is, I'm sharing this with you. And Jason McGinn uh, writes to me. He's like, those are really cool. Would you mind if I made those and sold them at craft shows around here? I'm like, absolutely not. That's, that's why we're doing this, you know, that, this particular exercise. But he still, when he asked, and it's like, like straight on. It's like, because we're not in competition. I'm not going to be going to Canada and selling guitar stands at craft shows anytime soon. Knock yourself out, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think it comes down to money, you know, like that's mm. sort of the, the evil, but I, I think that this community is self-policing. I, I don't think anyone's done exactly what you said, like Joel Crawford with the Spartan Shield knife holder mm. thing. If anyone were to do that, I think they would just like be shunned by the whole community, so it's all it's also become like this, this self-policing thing. Now, there could be people that are outside of the community that are, what are they called, stalking or lurking? You know, lurking, yeah. There might be people that do that and are actually watching this stuff and going out and, and, and selling it in their stores, but the, the world is huge. Who cares? Right. You know? And that's the thing, too, and I'm a firm believer in whatever you want to call it, karma, what goes around, comes around, all of that stuff. I mean, those types of people that, that are doing it, just like people that are stealing people's uh, videos and somehow yeah. freebooting. You know, those aren't members of our community. I'm sorry, they're just not. Yeah, you're right. You know? There's there's always going to be people that steal. You know, it's like I, for the longest time, um, I never locked my doors because I figured, uh, why? Like, if someone wants to get in and steal stuff, they're going to get to steal it. Any, they're going to be able to steal it anyways. You know, it's just there's that sort of mentality about it. Like, and when I started making videos, I still came from that that other artist world. You know, where it was like, uh, you you know, proprietary, and this is my design, and blah blah blah, and you know, stealing and sharing and and uh, and it was it was a, a learning curve for me to figure that out. That I was like, well, why am I why am I even doing these videos? What is my point? And my my wife was saying, oh, well, you're just giving people your ideas, but they're not the people in the community aren't my customers. You're not going to buy something from me that if you can make it yourself. Why not just sh- share the knowledge? Because the knowledge is the valuable thing, not the item. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. I did notice that. You know, like when I I said that I I started making the videos as almost a promotional tool for the Etsy store. But the truth of the matter is, is Etsy customers are not watching my videos. It's, yeah. it's other it's other makers that are watching it. That's so. what I figured out too. At first, I thought they were, you know, my idea was I was making them for customers. Like, oh, look at the craftsmanship that's going into this stuff. And there's still <laughs> that aspect of it because I do make videos for my customers, but they don't come back and watch my other videos. They just watch theirs, you know. Right. right. So yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I continue to do. It. I guess it's the rush of of. Uh, of being part of a movement. The reason I do it is I really do mean it. I really want to inspire other people as much as they inspire me. And so since we're talking about inspiration, it makes perfect sense. That's why I do it. And that's why, you know, now that I'm starting to change over to this place of where I'm trying to make money off it, and it took me a long time to even consider doing that because I just wanted it to be purely about the inspiration. But I'm, I get so inspired by doing it, 
and I feel like I am inspiring other people, that's inspiring me to want to do it more and to make it more like my job. Uh, who doesn't want to be a motivational speaker for a living, right, or whatever, like an inspirational speaker? I mean, that sounds like a great, a great job, and, mm. and you know, and so that's that's why I do it is because I get inspired by inspiring. Well, that's you know, that's the only reason I started too, and you you were a big part of that, uh, just being a part of this inspirational back and forth that goes on. I see something inspires me. I'm starting to get some feedback that somebody says, "Hey, man, that was really cool. You inspired me to do this or go out in my shop." Yeah, it's just it's it's a big old gushy love fest. Hug <laughs> <laughs> it out, boys. Hug it out. All right. Okay. So let's hopefully we can in- inspire some people to watch some of the videos that we're watching. So, mm. Bill, who are you watching on YouTube these days? Well, you know, somebody I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, Mr. Braxton Worthlin. Um, super, super cool guy, super creative, um, supportive in the community, and um, it's just worth checking out. You know, you can, if anybody's out there listening and you haven't subscribed to his channel, you should do so. The guy's just got some neat builds, and like I said, he's really supportive in the community. I, I don't know how many times he's just comment. I, I see Braxton commenting and watching other people's stuff, and, and it's just great guy. Braxton yeah. Worthlin. Love that dude. We'll he's, link him in the show notes. He's, he's worth watching. Get it? Worth, <laughs> worth watching. Yeah. We, Please we, don't do that again. Yeah, you're, you're you're week to week, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that ice just keeps getting thinner and thinner. <laughs> As we're pre-recording it, I could find myself out of a job and hearing myself on a podcast. You might not even have this job by the time this airs. That's right. <laughs> I think I might just edit you out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> be like, be like, oh, the conversation would be just be Phil and I, and he'd be like, "You have a good point, Tim." Probably won't do that. Um, okay, Tim, are you watching? Yeah, it's, it's too much work. Um, I'm watching. Um, uh, this is a very inspirational young man. His name is Ben Ueda. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Um, and uh, he has a channel called Homemade Modern, and he's uh, pretty pretty well known out there in the maker world. And I, I first discovered uh, him. I think I'd seen one of his videos actually, and then I um, but I saw I watched a lot of TED talks, like I mentioned. And he did a TEDx talk um, where he talked about why I give away my designs for free on the internet. Was like, <laughs> which is sort of like what we were just talking about, which is why I said, oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he. Um, he makes these videos, and he's not an upcyclist um, or, or reclaimer guy. He works a lot with concrete and a lot of like um, box store. I think he has a, a deal with a box store, um, you know, box store materials to make stuff. But his idea is that if he wants to provide, like he his t- his talk was on this one particular stool he made. It's a five dollar stool. You make it with concrete, and some sticks, and a bucket. Anybody can make it. Instead of making the stool and putting it on freight freighter trucks and sending them all over the world, everybody has concrete and this wood is already there. So make the stool yourself is kind of the idea, which is a very eco-friendly and socially, uh, you know, conscious uh, kind of concept. So that's kind of my understanding of what's behind his channel. And then his designs are all very nice and very mod and slick. 
um, totally worth checking out. And I I see that like all of this stuff could be made with reclaimed materials. Besides the concrete, I was just gonna say minus the concrete, you could do all of that yeah. stuff with reclaimed yeah, materials. He makes I mean some of his stuff is like real simple. Like if you have a cordless drill and a box store near you, you can go spend ten dollars or five dollars and like make this stuff. And then some of it is a little more complicated, but it's all within the realm of pretty much anyone. That's what I love about his stuff. It's it's you get the feeling anybody can go out and buy some basic tools and make these really cool modern furnishings that would look amazing in anybody's home. And mm -hmm. he's, he's, the, the way he comes up with these designs and the simplicity is attainable for anybody. So, yeah, I love, love, love Ben's channel, and uh, he's an amazing guy too. So Yeah. In the in the interest of full disclosure, I have to say that, and again, we're pre-recording this, so it's a little old, but um, Ben follows me on Instagram, and I didn't realize it was him, and he liked the photo, and I'm looking at his name, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me that he was like the Ben, and I, and I was I was a little starstruck, and so that's why I was like, you know what, the next time I'm doing a podcast, I want to talk about Ben, because he, and he, he listens to the podcast too, so uh, again, I was starstruck. Well, thank you, Ben. <laughs> Um, I'm going to mention April Wilkerson. I think mm. uh, just about everybody watches her. She's she's great. She does a lot of like home projects. Uh, the most recent one that I just saw, which is probably old now, but are some floating shelves. And uh, and and she also does things where if she makes a mistake, it's like full disclosure. This is I made this mistake. I feel silly about it, but here's how I fixed it, which I love. Mm. I I hate when. Almost the project looks like it came together, you know, magically, and everything was perfect. I think most of us make some kind of a mistake, and the challenge and the the opportunity is how to fix it, you know, m while making sure that it still looks good. So she's got videos that run the gamut from, you know, making a bed to making uh, shop projects, all kinds of stuff. She's incredibly talented, and you know, it's it's a lot of fun watching her videos. So I'll uh, I'll put that in the show notes with Ben and Braxton's channels as well. I remember watching April's videos from when she first got started, and one of the most impressive things about that young maker is uh, she didn't have a whole lot of experience at all in, in the making world, and she just got a house. I believe her and her husband had just bought a house, and that was her motivation to start. They couldn't really afford to just go out and buy whatever she wanted, and she, well, I can start making these things. And um, you can tell that the way her mind works, she's so creative, she does the research, she reaches out, she finds what information she needs, and then she tackles it, and she just knocks it out of the park almost every single project. Mm. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I've been a big fan of hers for quite some time. So, yeah, likewise. I think she's great. Yeah, great she's maker. super inspirational, and, uh, and I, I love seeing the, the work that she does. She's also super inspirational to... Uh, and, and, I, and I hate that, and i got to tell you, this is the guy that was just tearing up reading a book about Martin Luther King to my son the other day, um, because I, I have very little patience for any kind of um, double standards, and, uh, and I, but they still exist, and, um, and, you know, and all that stuff. And so I love seeing April out there as this inspiration to a younger generation of, of women uh, and girls, too, that, you know, you don't need to have your husband do it. Just go do it, because you're just as capable as anyone else. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that that's another nice advantage for our channel. Real, real quick, uh, just one last little inspirational thing. Um, since you brought it up, Tim, the amount of female makers out there now that are popping up, uh, just this incredible talent of 
yeah. capable individuals that happen to be female, and it's mm -hmm. nice to see that. It, I'm I'm hoping that more and more we'll see the gender thing go away, and you'll just think of, oh, that's an amazing maker, that's an amazing maker, that's you know. But there are just so many right now that are popping up, and it, it makes me feel really good about being alive on the planet today. It's, Boom. It's, <laughs> it's exciting. It's that it's that it's that, uh, that Morse curve, man. I'm telling you, I see it. I see it in every aspect of it. I, I really think that what we're doing right now, we're on the cusp of something great that's going to make the world a better place. Here, here, from your mouth. So okay. say we all. So, <laughs> so say we, <laughs> we all. I love that. Okay, yeah. we're going to do that. <laughs> that's awesome. So say we all. Okay, hopefully there's some more BSG fans out there. Um. Our channels on Instagram, um, I'm at Phil Pinsky, Tim Sway one uh, William underscore Lutz. I think we're all on Twitter, Periscope, all that stuff. Um, and again, guys, we'd love to hear from you. So hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio or send us an email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Uh, we'd love to get a review from you on iTunes and patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio. You know my shtick. You know, there was somebody else who uh, going to say, hey, like, because the reason we're, we're pre-recording a couple of these because we're, some of us are traveling. And uh, so if next week's podcast, the one that's supposed to appear on the 27th, is late, we apologize. Uh, we're hoping we'll have it done on time, but it might be a couple days late, and we apologize for that. But then after that, we'll go back to our schedule. And just so everybody knows, the guy that's week to week is not the one causing this possible <laughs> downfall. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, that is true. I'm editing that up. <laughs> You're always editing me. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Be good. Bye, all.